Welcome to Geek and Country's D20 Date Night Discussions, where we take our kids' favorite movies and look at them through the lens of Dungeons and Dragons, because that's not geeky at all. <laughs> if you've ever looked for a new way to enjoy your kids' favorite movies while watching them for the zillionth time, then come along with us as we do an in-depth discussion of the characters and plots of these beloved movies, as if they were a D&D adventure. Welcome to episode 3 of D20 Date Night Discussions, where we talk about our favorite kids' movies through the lens of Dungeons & Dragons. Earlier, we rolled a D12 from Easy Roller Dice and got The Little Mermaid. Possibly the worst movie on the list, at least in my opinion. (laughs) It's not that bad, I promise. We'll see. Where should we begin? Uh, Main characters, of which there are like, what? Two? One, two? <laughs> Do you, yeah, I guess the prince is a main character. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Good. He's probably the easiest one to deal with. He um, Ariel. It's hard to say. I, I would almost argue, as far as like character levels and stuff like that go, um, it's really hard to say she's anything other than just a commoner. I mean, she doesn't yeah. do anything right until. Well, okay. So she has the voice, right? Okay, she but has she, the voice. She does have a voice, and um, so somebody could call that some, you know, charisma involved in that. So, so high level of charisma in her in her voice and her singing ability. Um, she, yeah, collects weird things. I mean, would um, you say that she almost? I mean, is charming with. Her voice, so you could say she starts out with like a well, yeah, that's what a he little bit of bard. Yeah, well, I mean, even that bard, just starts right? out to a little bit of bard. You know, she wins him over with her singing. Yeah, like that's, you said, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So I would, I honestly, I think I would go with bard with that. Well, I, how about a multi class? Okay, hear, hear me multi-class. out. Hear me out. Okay, she does, and we talked about this last episode on the Princess of the Frog. She literally makes a deal with a sea witch. She does. So you think she's like warlock slash... Bard, warlock, weird combination? You know what? That's not a bad combination. Um, Charm the people and um, and then you do your deal and you can then entice people on your side. So, you know, almost like like a succubus. Yeah, (laughs) kind of. The whole thing she started out with was she was supposed to make the the deal right the the concert when yeah, she goes she's and finds to initially the concert right and then she finds the sunken ship and that's when she um and she forgets about the concert right so i mean her like i said she was known for her singing and stuff like that yep. to begin with mm-hmm. so i think just based on that you could definitely say bard bard so she's a bard and um, uh, mechanically conveniently enough warlocks use charisma as their spellcasting oh. Modifier. Did they really? Okay. Yes, so. I uh, just consulted my handy dandy player's handbook, and that's what it said so, about it. So actually, a bard warlock multiclass wouldn't be a terrible thing I mean, to be, right? Statistically, it would make it would make sense. It would make sense because you don't have to try to go both. They um, call them uh, and, like yeah. The online community refers to them as mad builds builds. Okay. Multi attribute dependent. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you try to build a wizard who has to focus on intellect, 
mm-hmm. and a ranger who has to focus on wisdom and dexterity. You know, you're right. having to spend a lot of skills on everything at that point. But on this one, you know, it's just it's just charisma, charisma. is charisma. You can put your put your, your high scores there, and then you and can you're going to benefit both your spell castings. So okay, I, yeah. I, so like as a build wise, she starts off. You know, the first couple levels of her little 16-year-old world is barred. Right. And hey, then she's they like, say it in the movie. They're the creepy ones, not us. And she doesn't necessarily do, like, a deal with, with like, the blood magic or whatever. But she does, like, give up an es- part of her well, essence. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not a know? deal with blood magic. It is, like, so the warlock well, just, deal is you just, you make a deal with a higher power, basically. A pact. Which the sea witch would be. An otherworldly patron is how they refer to it. Yeah. And if you can't tell me Ursula is an otherworldly patron, oh, where yeah. she basically turns herself into a giant Cthulhu-esque sea monster at yeah, the end, that's, yeah, I mean, literally, she is what she is. Yeah, the, I think she we, is one hundred percent an otherworldly patron. I think um, we've talked about this before, where this is the movie that I hated the most as a kid because Ursula scared the crap out of me, and I didn't want to ever want to watch it. I mean, she is probably along like the great old one mm-hmm. kind of things. Okay. Um. So Ariel is a multi-class bard warlock. Never would have thought that we would have said warlock for her, but um, in preparation for these episodes, we tend to watch the movies with our children, uh-huh. and so we watched this earlier today. And, and realized that. And hey, I saw as soon. I mean, she literally signs her name. She does. She signs it right. Literally there. signs her name on the line to make a deal to get what she wants. Yep. If that doesn't say warlock, then I mean, that's exactly what that it is. is literally <laughs> what it is. That's awesome. Um, okay, so then the prince. Yeah, he's a little more vanilla. You so know. the only thing I can think of with him is because of the dog, Max. Like, Ranger, right? No, because I think he's just a fighter, just like dogs. A fighter that likes dogs. Yeah, and, I don't really see he much. He plays his little flute thing. He does, but, you know, but maybe that's just, like, his proficiency or... But he doesn't actually seem to do anything with it, I guess. Really. Right, and um, the reason I say it is... Like, especially, like I said, when we referred back to uh, the end of the movie when Ursula goes full, you know, Titan Crazy. Sea Witch. Yeah. He the jumps first thing the... He, like, the first thing he does is dive into the water. Like, I mean, right after, yeah. And, I mean, that's fighter or borderline even barbarian, you know, that mm-hmm. look before you leap. Wait. Leap before you look. <laughs> yeah, leap that before. one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, is more of my, you know, my idea of uh, the fighter-esque mentality. I mean... He's obviously good with swords and shields, I would say, because his little servant guy gets the statue made of him. Right, he's holding holding his, a sword with a shield, shield in front yeah. of him, and he 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 understands battle tactics enough right. to get on the ship and um and stab the Ursula monster with the the master whatever. Right, it is. which would be where I would say he's like not barbarian esque from fighter wise because he thinks, about, he thinks it. about it. He's kind of like a battle master fighter kind of thing where he's a a tactician. And uh, thinks about what, you know, mm-hmm, plans right. a strategy. He goes into combat head first, you know, headlong into it. But he's got a strategy behind it. It's not just yeah. a blind rage going forward. Okay. Um, like I said, everybody else we've talked about, you know, they're, they're henchman-esque when you've got the um, the fish, Flounder, and Sebastian. Yeah, you yeah. Know, they're, they're just, just like we've talked sidekicks. about. Like we've talked about in all these, you've got two or three main characters, mm-hmm. and then everything else is just plot devices. You know, just although they're just there. Sebastian, obviously Bard, 
right? I mean, he's he's yeah. I'll give you he's a, a an NPC bard. NPC, like he, but I mean, I guess he doesn't really seem to have the charisma, but he's all about the music, right? I mean, that's all his whole thing is just the music, the whole oh yeah, top to bottom. I mean, he is. Back. I, I can't remember Ignatius, you know, all that yeah. thing the seahorse introduces him as right, at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but he is definitely about the attention because that's he's yeah he's mad that. Ariel didn't show up because it ruined his, his concert composition. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know that we we kind of talked about this um, a little bit ago, or we've been talking about it. The King Titan is obviously just a Triton. Triton sorry, King Triton is obviously just a uh, NPC. Yeah, but I mean, it's just her dad. It's he's part of the backstory. Like yeah. she's got you know using the uh, the player's handbook backgrounds. Mm-hmm. She's got the noble background. Right. Oh, yep. yep. You know, she's noble a princess background. with the noble background, and he's just the king of the, you know, yep. the king of the sea that gives her that. Mm-hmm. No, he's a very powerful king of the sea, and he has powers. Right, he, but that's, I mean, he's he's nothing. He has like two NPC-ish. scenes in the movie, yeah, three true. scenes in the movie. Yeah, you know, it's really nothing. Her sister's the same way. Um, Scuttle. I actually have a funny anecdote about him that I think we can get to later. Okay, I thought the, of earlier. The, it's pretty that's funny. The seagull. The seagull. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So okay. So the goals. For our uh, adventuring party, um, I mean, her goal, Arrow's goal is obvious. It's it's to get the prince. It's the Disney goal. It's the Disney goal. Get the prince, right? Get I mean, the, that's, fall in love with the first guy you ever meet mm-hmm. and marry and him marry and be him. happily ever after. Yeah. But, you no, know, what about Eric? Like, I feel like his goal is, I mean, I mean does he even have a goal? I mean, just to take care of her? Well, it... The, it it's to figure to out who she her. is. Right. That's that true. is to find her. It is to find her. And That's then, true. Yeah. Um, and then he, like I said, he's more task oriented, especially there at the end when it comes time to kill the sea witch. Mm-hmm. You know, he is, he, his goals are not as long lasting right. as her, his, in gameplay terms, I guess his character arc, like his storyline wouldn't be as long. Like hers is start to finish the whole movie, right? Right. Yeah. From his the time guy. she sees that first, his ship mm-hmm. to the time where she marries him at the very end. That is her goal. That is her goal fulfilled. Mm-hmm. His goal sh- shifts. You know, right. at the beginning when the ship catches on fire, his goal is to rescue his people, his dog. Right. Right. Yeah. That was his right. main concern. Mm-hmm. He didn't think one thing about himself. It was concerned no. for making sure his people and his dog were okay. Yeah. Um, and then it was to identify the girl who helped pull him out of the water. Right. Yeah. And then it was that to voice. All about the find voice. the voice. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it was to win her over, get to know her. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is, you know, it was only like a day. But he at least did make the attempts to get to know her. Right, yeah. Um, and then it was, when it came time for combat, time to kill the sea witch. Sea witch, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I'd say that's, it wasn't like go out, seek treasure and riches, because, I mean, relatively they were both royalty already. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) true, that's very true. I mean, he he did marry a princess. Right, and he was already a prince. Yep. Um, setbacks. So... Well, the obvious for Ariel is she loses her voice mm-hmm. when she gets her warlock, when she makes her pact with her otherworldly patron. But does she have a setback even earlier than that in that the fact that the guy she falls in love with is human and she wants to be human, but she's a mermaid? Like, I mean, isn't that kind of – I mean, that's what started the whole pact, right? Yeah, I mean, but I don't know if you go so far as call that – yeah, maybe it's a setback. It's a, a difficulty to overcome. Right, not necessarily like – she was moving her own fine Correct. and then had a setback. This right. was from the beginning. This was the problem. Correct. Okay. So like um, a setback, the way I view it for this purpose is she's moving along her goal, moving along her goal. Oh, my gosh. This horrible thing happens. It makes it more difficult right. yeah. to which achieve is, that goal. Yeah. Losing um, her voice. Which would be losing her voice because how – I mean she's saying to him that's how he could identify her. Right. And it would have been very easy 
if she could have just walked up there and said, hey, I'm the, yeah. I'm the former mermaid who pulled you out of the water that mm-hmm. night. And here, listen to me sing. Um, so that was a, a challenge that she had to overcome. Right. And then the sea witch showing up with her voice. Oh, that right. was, that, that was, was the, the setback the, of the movie. That was the turning yeah. point of mm-hmm. the whole thing. Cause she was moving along, you know, they were about to kiss in the lagoon and mm-hmm. boom, next day her voice shows up and in yeah. true dude fashion, he was focused on one thing and. Well, and she also used it to cast a spell too. Yes. The, the sea witch did. She so did. it wasn't just the voice. It was oh, also yeah. a spell involved too. Um, so, I'm trying to think if there's any never really setbacks for Air, the prince, right? Um, the uh, I mean, for in his case, like he he was just moving along. I mean, I guess the well, shipwreck, I mean, a shipwreck with you know would be one where he almost died. Finding a girl who's mute and naked on the beach is yeah. probably. I mean, at least I wouldn't call it a setback, not a setback but just a but just a. You know, oh my goodness, what happened here? Um, oh, finding out that the woman you thought you were marrying is actually a sea witch. <laughs> yeah, that, that's I mean, that's that's a pretty good one. Um, then, um, and then finding out that the woman that you're in love with is a mermaid. Right? Yeah. I mean, she she's a mermaid. and Yeah, but I wouldn't say that's a setback for him because by the time he comes to that conclusion, Triton cast a spell on Ariel right, and, and made her... Human, right? I guess brought her back. I don't know. I never watched any of the uh, crappy other ones. Oh, who knows? Yeah, who knows what actually happened, right? Yeah, but I mean, they get married, so she's right. Human. She gets married. Um, okay, so any um, specific interactions, like NPC interactions, that you think are relevant for our adventuring party to discuss? Um. Well, I mean, I think the interaction with Ariel making her. Deal. Like the deal. Like that's yeah, it's huge as far as like D and D goes because oh, that yeah. is I mean, your that's, warlock pack. What makes her pack? That's what defines her class, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I think also you could take a step back from that and the interaction she had. You know, her teenage tantrum that she had with her dad when he destroyed he destroyed her, everything. Like correct. that set her on her path. Right, but I think that for you know, in in our view of it, that's what set her down the adventurer's path. Right. That's what caused her to leave. The mm-hmm. safety of everything she knew was because she got mad at her dad. Right. You know, and that's a very D&D tropey kind of thing. You know, you've had this terrible thing happen at, ha- you know, at your house, your home, your family. And in her yeah. case, it was what do you do? You, she was able to make amends with it at the end. But mm-hmm. that is definitely what set her. That was the trigger. Yeah, that was the trigger that sent her down that path. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one. You, you, is this uh, where you want to bring in Scuttle? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Um, uh, we can. I mean, he's he's funny. He's just an NPC, but he is that goofy NPC shop vendor in your town. Oh. <laughs> you know, he, he's, right? the, he's the crazy uh, hedge wizard guy that you take all your magic items to to identify, yep. except he doesn't actually know what he's talking about. <laughs> so you take him this thing to identify you know for her it's a fork and he calls it a dingle hopper right. and uses it to comb his hair so it's like you take him this cool magic item magic weapon and he's like oh that's a piece of armor and you wear it on your head like this and it's a bow yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know you wear a it as special a special necklace yeah you wear it as a sash across your chest but it's a bow yeah or you know the yeah, the, the, the snar flap that he calls the pipe Oh, it's a musical instrument. You know, you see, you see your bard just like, oh my gosh, I found this awesome magical instrument now. Right. And yeah. it's completely it's, mundane pipe. 
Yeah. Well, it's just hilarious. He, you know, I listen to, uh, I follow Critical Role. I really like their show. And I definitely get the, uh, if anybody out there listening also watches Critical, if not, I highly recommend the show. But, uh, from their campaign one, Victor the Gunpowder Salesman, it's 100% who he reminds me of. Just as hilarious, memorable NPC. And, uh, yeah, that's, when we were watching it today, doing what we do, which is watch Disney movies or kids movies, um, with the D&D DM hat on, I'm like, oh, that's a great NPC. Right. Just a scatterbrained, thinks he's doing all the world this good, and really knows nothing about anything. Well, not only that, but I guess Hilarious. if you're a DM and you're and your adventuring party is not having issues and not having a lot of, like, they're just rolling through everything. Oh, this is it. so easy, whatever. You could almost introduce somebody like that. To, yeah. And and if that person, because, you know, Scuttle is so earnest, right? So if you rolled a oh, he wants like, perception check. Well, he does, but yeah. if you rolled a check to an, see, an insight like, check. an insight check, lying, yeah. see if he's lying, you would not see that he was lying because he's not, because he Correct. just doesn't know. So if you could actually, as a DM, you could use somebody like that to send them, you know, down the wrong path or or make things a little bit more interesting or give them a, a little harder uh, game if they're just sailing through. I mean, you could. Yeah, that's the beauty of uh, of NPCs like that is, is they can, they're what you can use to change the path of mm-hmm. your game. I mean, it's kind of what we talked about with uh, the Princess and the Frog, where the they end up in the bayou and they have to find the old lady, right? And um, exactly, oh, they, you know, they and throw it's in like, a random old lady in a boat in the swamp. Well, yeah, here in the they throw in a swamp. random seagull on a rock in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, exactly. So this is another one of those random NPCs that helps your party get but to where they need to be. When you need him, he's there for you, right? Because exactly. at the end, yeah. he's squawks in her face, and yeah, like he 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 he's the one that brings everybody to yeah, stop he, the wedding. He actually helps. Yeah, he, he he's actually, useful. Mm-hmm. He he, it's like you said, he means well. Yeah. But he just doesn't always know what is well. And you could use this too, if you're as a DM to even tra- like almost teach your players. You know, just because somebody seems like they're being honest and you roll really well, doesn't necessarily mean that what they're telling you is the truth. They may think it's the truth, right? But it's he just not, may not. He just may not know any. He better. may not know any better. So you have to be aware of that. So okay. yeah, it, it could be a fun NPC to build somebody off of. Yeah, off of that guy for sure. You know, mm-hmm. like that. Like I said, that useful, like, local wizard, like, when he's in the, you know, the small little town or whatever, maybe a step up from the starting village, so they've got a wizard in town, and he's just a bit eccentric, you know. He just screws everything up. Yeah, but to the town, he's this great, oh man, he's so awesome, he's a wizard. They don't know any better. Right, but then this adventure comes up, and, you know, they're, they're like, clearly this is a magic item, and it's a, a bow. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, yeah. He's like, this is a fantastic cloak. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're like, maybe I'm using it wrong. Because <laughs> he's so honest. He's so sincere. Um. All right. So let's talk about our resolution. So the the final, re- like the the overall resolution. That do they do they meet their resolution? Oh so yeah. I mean, goal... again, again, it's a Disney movie. Oh yeah. Happy ending. Her goal was Sail to off into the sunset, meet literally. and marry the prince. She meets and marries the prince, lives happily ever after. His goal is to figure out who the girl is who... Saved him. Saved his life. He figures out who she is. And he marries her. And he marries her, and they sell off and literally sell, literally sell off into the sunset. Yep. Yeah, literally. I mean, that's <laughs> not a metaphor in this Disney movie. <laughs> but they, you know, they vanquish the bad guy that calls him all the strife. 
I mean, and they also had, I guess, some other resolutions, too. Like, um, the so before the final overall resolution, you've got the whole, the defeat of the Sea Witch. Yeah. The sa- they save all of the mermaids that she has. Right. You know, they save all of that. Unintended, unintended good consequence there. Right. And, um, and, you know, she saves her dad. Um, she, I think, actually grows up a little bit, you know, because. A very mature 16. Uh, yeah, well, you know, at least she's older than Snow White. <laughs> Only just. <laughs> Only just. Um, so, do you have that resolution too? Um, anything else that's yeah? I mean, like I said, res- with with Disney movies, it's pretty mm-hmm. much always going to be a good resolution. They're yeah. not going to, you know, it doesn't end in tragedy or anything like that. Um, no, it's but they met. You know, their goals didn't change. Like with Frozen, there was you could see a shift in what they were trying right. to do at the beginning to what they actually achieved at the mm-hmm. end, right? Which was a, a Disney twist of yeah. You know, true love is. Not sisters, the and well, it's well, sisters. It's sisters, not just right. You know, it's an act of true love, not yeah. a you know prince and princess kind of thing, right. like it is with the older movies, like mm-hmm. All the, of them. the Little Mermaid. And um, all right. Um, so, so any specific encounters that were very interesting from a D and D perspective? Um, I, combat, obviously, the one with Ursula's. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, that's that, like that was actually a pretty cool scene. Yeah, I mean, it was. Like that's a. If you're doing a a um, like an nautical based thing or a coastal based thing where you have access to ships, um, the go- the uh, Ghost of Saltmarsh, Wizards of the Coast book that came out last year, I believe, 2019, it has a bunch of ships and stuff like that in it, right. and um, so it's nautical based. It's based mm-hmm. on the coast, so you got ship sailing and again referencing Critical Role. They do some ship stuff in their campaign too. And well, it's wonderfully really a cool thing that they did, right? So they he didn't use the ship that was that was on the on the surface of the water they ship, were on. Yeah. He used a sunken ship that she and her and her maelstrom or whatever had like you know um, pulled up and was suddenly now moving and everything because of the storm she created. And so he used, which is a really awesome way of using what's available to you, right? Yeah, and like I said, that's a pretty cool like pretty cool combat scene we talked about frozen so far and the prince and the frogs there wasn't really a lot of battle you know there wasn't yeah. any fighting so much in there but this one actually had a really good like epic boss fight at yeah. the end right mm-hmm. yeah and what it was is it was a very multi-dimensional combat they didn't just go swing at her with swords it was terrain involved because she created the whirlpool in the middle of the ocean where they're right. fighting and like you said then he has to get creative because he can't just go stab her with a spear he used the giant spear, the front of a ship. Right, yeah. That came up on the bottom of the ocean. Because he didn't have anything, right? I mean, he yeah, didn't have he any weapons. literally had just dove into the water to try to save her, mm-hmm. I think. And um, yeah. Yeah, he, he got into like a little rowboat, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. And um, it was actually kind of, like I said, that was a pretty good resolution. Like, because she becomes this giant monstrosity, you know, gargantuan creature, almost Kraken-esque. Yeah. And... So he's got to do something extreme to take her out, and that was a pretty clever solution from a adventuring standpoint is mm-hmm. to pull a ship up and have the fortitude, the strength, the strength checks required to actually steer it in the steer right way, the correct way, and uh, and hit her. I mean, that's something you could do a whole like if your player came up with that idea. Yeah, I mean that that's perfect. That's like rolling. He rolled a natural twenty on that mm-hmm. last one yep. to make a hit with a, with a ship as a weapon. Yep. And, um, I mean, that's a whole lot of what 
DMing is about is being able to improvise what your players come up with for crazy ideas. You know, you present them with uh, a problem and they come up with a solution. And that the problem presented was, all right, you're on your wedding barge and this giant sea witch who you thought you were about to marry turns into a giant sea witch. Right. What do you do? Yeah. Roll initiative. Yeah, roll initiative. You know, and she won initiative because she goes first and she creates the whirlpool. Yep, yep. And, and um, and went off with uh, the the uh, the princess. Like mm-hmm. she took off with the princess, and she. So yeah, I mean she. Yeah, that was that. No, that you're right. A lot of the well, a lot of the older Disney movies Correct. do have really good combat scenes. There is a lot of a lot um, more fighting and saving yeah. the day yeah. in old Disney. Um, all right. So, what about some role playing or problem solving? I mean, we talked about the problem solving in the combat. I mean, that, that was pretty obvious. I guess, really, in Ariel's case, is actually trying to figure out how do I communicate when I don't have a voice, right? I mean, that whole um, that whole yeah, problem. Trying which, to get her point across is that she was the guy, mm-hmm. the the girl that saved him without mm-hmm. being able to say, "Hey, I'm the one that saved you," without being able to sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Yep, trying to do that. That's and, a major uh, problem for her to, like, that's one of the key elements of her adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, again, her goal was marry this prince. She's got to figure out how to convince him that she, I am who you think, right. that you want me to be. I am that person. Um, okay. Uh, role playing, problem solving, anything else on the encounters? I don't, I can't think of really anything that strikes me. No, I mean, there's, like I said, nothing really, like, no, I really yeah. can't think of anything else like that. There's. So the overall conflict we know is that she wants to be human and marry him, and he wants the princess, and the resol- resolve, they, she becomes human and they get married. Um, I think that's, we kind of already covered that. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty straightforward when they, um, they get what they want to do. So, um, and unlike the, like the things that, um, both, uh, Frozen and the Princess and the Frog, the overall conflict and the resolution, like none of that changes, like it stays the same. You don't see that right. growth really in, um, that they're now bringing more into in the, in the Disney movies. You don't see those changes as much, um, with this one. So, one of the last things that we thought we would talk about are any magic items or quest rewards that we see in the movie. Now, magic item, I think, that has got to be that necklace. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. That that pendant that, uh, that the sea witch... That Ursula yeah. stores Ariel's voice in. Right, and then uses... Now, but... I mean, basically use it to cast a spell. Right, she uses it to cast a spell, because not only does she... I mean, this is one of the only... I mean, I guess they've all had magic to an extent in it. So, yeah, I mean, there's always, I mean, I mean, even the the Princess of the Frog had voodoo, um, so they've all had some sort of magic. And I guess if you go back and you think about, which we'll talk about most of these, but Disney movies in general, they there is some magical component to them. Um, yeah, yeah, to all of them, off the top all of the head, princess yeah. ones, yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, you've got the genie, you've got. I mean, you got Cinderella and a fairy godmother fairy that does god all the mother. magic. You've got Sleeping Beauty, who he's got two magic yeah. fairies, and he's got two magic yep. items. You've got the apple in Snow White, Snow White, little queen who's, who's yep. basically a witch. And um, so, yeah, there's magic. in But it. yeah, I mean, so Ursula's necklace is definitely mm-hmm. a magic item, and it's actually, I guess, one of the things is it gets destroyed 
And that's yeah. what frees Ariel. That's so. what frees the voice is they destroy the... So I think... So maybe that actually lends a little more um, credence to the fact that she is a bard character, Ariel. Because her voice because is her what Because her voice actually her... casts yeah. that spell or is at least a component of that spell. When her voice was freed, she was able to use spells again. And when she was able to use them again, right? Yeah. Actually, an interesting mechanic for uh, for that. It's like a, a constant like zone of silence around your bar. A spell that does like a zone of silence around your bard, so you can't... Oh, yeah. That's what took her voice. And, yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, now, the, um, the necklace is what also turned Ursula into the girl, right? From the sea witch. Because when the necklace broke, she turned back into her octopus... No, 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 no. Self, right? Because when the when the necklace broke, she just got her voice back. That's, that's not all it what. Was. That's not what turned Ursula. What turned no, Ursula she did back. herself. She just she just made herself okay. turn back. Um, yeah, I was just flipping through the uh, the magic item section of the dungeon master's guide, trying to see if I could see anything that really fit with that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the beauty of it. Is that's a pretty cool idea for a magic item. Um, so you could definitely homebrew and make up your own kind of thing for it if you wanted to do something. Something similar. Now. Similar because I don't see anything. Like I said, if it, if it changed what Ursula looked like, so she looked like, that's what made her look like the, uh, the other girl that she mm-hmm. made herself. You know, that's maybe like a modified hat of disguise and yeah. necklace of disguise. Right. Which lets her cast disguise now, self. She, when she looks at herself in the mirror. Correct. She sees who she really is, as does the uh scuttle sees scuttle, it. scuttle yeah. sees who she really is in the mirror um so i know because we for the fey adventure that we're doing um we've been talking about uh the spell the sky self now the sky self is an illusion but like if i if if she like she makes herself look human with two legs not with all the the tentacles and arms that she has, but the this guy self. If somebody had tried to reach out and touch her, Correct. they would have touched actually Ursula, it, not it's the an woman. Illusion that's only. an illusion. So obviously, that's not the spell she's using to change her shape. No, because Eric, like they locked arms, I think, and or something mm-hmm. like that, and walked around. Yeah, they 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 were holding arms and stuff, and um, and they were. Yeah, I mean the actual hands, like, so disguise self on the player's handbook. You make yourself, including your clothing, armor, weapons, and other belongings on your person, look different until the spell ends, or until you use your action to dismiss it. Okay, that doesn't sound that, that kind of fits. You can seem one foot shorter or taller, and can appear thin, fat, or in between. Okay, Ursula mm-hmm. went from fat to thin. Yeah, I mean, she went from a right. giant octopus person to a princess-looking person. Right. You can't change your body types. You must adopt a form that has the same basic arrangement of limbs. And that's where this idea right. breaks down. Yeah, that doesn't work because she know, has eight eight tentacles instead of, you know, two arms and two legs. Yeah, I mean, she basically has to go for more of a, uh, a polymorph spell instead yeah, of... Yeah, All right, so anything else on the necklace? No, not that I can think of. It. Um, it's definitely a magic item. I just... It, it doesn't match anything without me sitting here and reading through the entire DMG, which I did not do in preparation for this. Perhaps I should have. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've got nothing else other than it's a pretty cool item. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's another magic item that I just thought of. Um, his, the the jingle hopper. No. The, the snarf flap. Seriously? I right, like scuttle. scuttle. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I can tell. No, um, the trident. Yeah. I mean, that's but- also a magic item. Yeah, but I mean, I realize you don't see anything done with it. You know, he uses it to destroy her cave, but and it then Ursula uses it to turn into the big kraken thing, right? I mean, because she doesn't turn into the big kraken thing until she has his his uh, trident in his in so his you think, uh, crown. You're saying that gave her the power 
Well, yeah, I mean, that was the whole point, that. right? That's what she wanted from the very beginning. That's why she, um, that, why she went after Ariel is she wanted the, the King Triton's power. Right. And then you're saying the power was derived from the crown and the trident. That's what it appears like in the movie. It probably does. So my thing is, I mean, yeah, it doesn't really do much throughout the movie, but at the very end, it plays a huge role. I mean, that's, you know, like, the boss fight weapon right there that the boss pulls out and, you know, you're, you're thinking you're dealing with this little octopus lady and then BAM! Kraken. <laughs> the Kraken. And yeah. uh, so, uh, vastly different. Yeah, I mean, so for our, our purposes of this discussion, we've definitely just outright ignored the fact that they're mermaids. And we talked mm-hmm. about this off recording yeah. and stuff like that, that we were just gonna just treat it as they were just people. Some humanoid. They were humanoids. And the Monster Manual merfolk are a thing, you know, whatever. It, it, they exist within the world of Dungeons & Dragons, of course. Right. But it would have completely negated the point of this discussion if yeah. we would have done it. Except to be remiss to say, it's an underwater adventure. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that if you are trying to use these movies as inspiration, which is kind of what we're talking about, and it's, you know, looking at it through that angle. Underwater adventures are... A challenge for players. Right. Right? You gotta figure out how to breathe underwater, yeah. how to swim underwater, you know, be able to move at a re- reasonable speed because it impacts your movement speed. Certain weapons don't work right underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like your bows have half their distance and, or something like that. And even and, like slashing with your sword, there's mm-hmm. resistance there, so. Yeah, it's literally like, um, tridents, I think, are the weapons, which are actual mm-hmm. weapon in the game. Yep. You know, make a difference, but that's about it. Mm hmm. Okay. Well, um. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking. I'm like, you know, that actually is a another magic item in the game. In the it movie. is, and it it does play a small, I mean, it, mm-hmm. a small role, I guess. But it because it also the adventuring party doesn't really interact with it, though. No, that's true. I mean, all they do is they. But they that's another kill her when you're building your uh, your big bad guy for your campaign. Who says they can't have magic items? Right? Oh yeah, they they and probably if they will have, have magic items. They should use the magic items. Mm-hmm. If your party loots potions of healing off your bad guy, why didn't your bad guy use it? <laughs> I know. Maybe if you didn't they, give him a chance. If they but. loot a you know necklace of fireballs off of it, why didn't he cast fireball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it just should make a, sense, right? The, and this one is a prime example. The bad guy uses the you powerful should, yeah. magic item, which is probably like a legendary. Yeah, right. Kind of magic item, right? Like it's one of them in the whole world. And then they give it back to the king and he mm-hmm. comes back to himself. Right. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a powerful item. You're absolutely right about that. Okay. Um, no real quest rewards other than, I mean, I guess she gets her human form. Yeah, so it's like we've talked about with most of these movies. It's not like they're getting a... Tangible item. Right, a tangible item for They're getting a, a reward, another reward. And in this case, it is her human form. You know, she's becoming right. human. And but I guess also they end up saving all the merfolk from the sea witch. Right. You know, overall. So not only did they save her previous victims, but they also saved any future victims because she's now gone. And oh, and they destroy the eel guys, whoever they were. Yeah, but those yeah. are. I know they're just henchmen. Yeah, they don't really mean much. Yeah, there's actually a whole section in the uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide after the Magic Items section where it talks about other rewards, and one of those is Supernatural Gifts. 
I'd say getting made human from being a mermaid is a blessing or a supernatural gift of some kind. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's definitely one of those important things that you can only get that way through some special mm-hmm. power, you know? Or um, some act. You know, they, 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 they killed the sea witch. So that was an act of... Right. Yeah, an you did heroic act. You did something truly mighty. Mm-hmm. Here is your... Yeah. Here's your, Matt. You know your your special reward, your epic right. boon, if you will. Um. Okay. So, anything else Dungeons and Dragons esque from The Little Mermaid that actually was a lot more involved than I thought it was going to be? Yeah, I mean that's kind of the whole purpose behind us doing this recording is looking. Like I said I, I watched it earlier today with our one of our children and. The first thing I thought of when I saw Scuttle is, man, that'd be a really cool shop. Yeah, really cool. I'm going to build a whole town. You're going to have Wandering Oaken from Frozen. Right. You're going to have Big Daddy, Lil Buff. Yeah. As like the mayor. Mm-hmm. The What do you, oh, it was Mardi Gras. It was the, uh, what do you call himself for the Mardi Gras? The king of Mardi Gras. The king of Mardi Gras. So he's going to be the king. Five years in a row. <laughs> right. And then you're going to have Scuttle as a shopkeeper. I'm built, I'm literally, we're going to build this town. In the fact, crazy we, old lady out in the boat yep. in the woods. <laughs> Yep, she's going to be a part of it. In you know, you're going to you're going to be able to pull something from each of these and make mm-hmm. a, a whole town. Yep. which would actually be kind of fun to do. Some dwarves when we're down done on here. The, some 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 dwarves out logging and or mining up in the up in the hills. Yep, and, dwarven merchants got yep. it. <laughs> they sell gemstones. And then you've got the, the three little um, three little witches in a little cotter, cottage somewhere. You know, in the log cutter's cabin. Yep. <laughs> but it just, I mean, it's just goes to show that in The Little Mermaid, we were able to come up with things that you could actually apply to your Dungeons & Dragons game. It yeah, just, and it doesn't have to be underwater either. Right. Like we, this, this very, is all little, stuff. very little of the movie actually takes place underwater. Yeah. If you really think about it, for a movie called Mermaid, the, the first like 30 minutes of it are underwater. Yeah. And that's really it. The rest of it is their interaction on land with mm-hmm. her and the prince and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And I Which, mean, he's even got, I mean... Out, out of the ones we've done so far, it's mm-hmm. actually got one of the best combat scenes, and that's a really good combat scene. It really like, is a good combat scene. You know, how do you take down the Kraken? You ram it with a ship. It's great. I yeah. mean, that's a really great idea. Yeah. And not only that, but this actually, this one, it's actually nice that there's so much interaction between her and the prince, and it's not a, we met for 20 seconds and you're the love of my life. Exactly. It's, they actually spend like several days together, because she has, what, three days? Yeah. So they spend three days together. Yeah. I mean, exactly three mm-hmm. days, so. Yeah. Which is two days longer than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when we uh, saw it was going to be The Little Mermaid, it was a uh, concern that this was actually going to make any sense. Oh, all. absolutely. Like, I, I didn't think there was any way at all we would be able to do this with The Little Mermaid. Yeah. I mean, when I looked at our list, because we just put up, I think, a dozen of them, so we could mm-hmm. roll a D12. Right. As of right now, we'll have to add more, you know, change it out and stuff later. When I saw The Little Mermaid, I'm like... This is stupid. Yeah. It'll There's never work. no way The Little Mermaid will fit this. And actually, it fits just as well. As all as it, like, the others. Because honestly, looking at it, I'm like, Ariel, picking out her character class is going to be like, I, she doesn't have one. I mean, even when we started this, I'm like, she's a commoner. Yeah. She's nothing. And then it's like, oh, wait, she actually makes a deal. She yeah. Literally, she literally does the warlock signs thing. Signs on the dotted line. I mean, literally, yeah, mm-hmm. literally signs a warlock pact. And I'm like, oh, God, we got a warlock now. What do we do? Yeah. The, the mermaid's a warlock. <laughs> Which just goes to show 
that uh, you can get ideas for D&D from just about anywhere. Well, even more than that, if if you have to watch these movies with your kid for the umpteenth time, look at it from a different perspective. Any perspective. Yeah, I mean, just... It doesn't have to be Dungeons and Dragons. That's our thing. Yeah. But look at it through, like, a comedy perspective. Look at it through anything else that will bring enjoyment to you. Or, like, I mean, we were talking about, you know, Frozen and the way, the different ways we look at things. And we are talking about Kristoff. And you were like, he was baby snatched. And I was like, he was adopted. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the the different way you can look at it. I mean, you could actually look at it and uh, yeah, like, just... how many health code violations were there <laughs> in that kitchen? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And um, it's just – it's a way to go back. I mean this movie is, I think, from 1989 is when it's The Little gracious. Mermaid's from. Oh, well, that explains the wedding dress then. Which is our – I mean, which is our era. Right, I mean, it we is. Were it is. five years old right. or something like that when this movie came out. So this was, I mean, 100% right up our alley, which, you know, I had a little sister, so I'm mm-hmm. sure I watched my fair share of The Little Mermaid Oh, I know I did because I hated it. Because you were scared of Ursula. I was scared to death of her. <laughs> but looking at it now, it's like – I can appreciate this movie as an adult mm-hmm. from looking at it through a, a different di- perspective. Yeah, a different way. Right. Our our almost 18-month-old today was enthralled oh, she was. with this movie. I mean, did not even sit in her chairs right there, grabbed her <laughs> milk cup, sat down on the floor, and just watched this movie. I mean, legitimately watched this movie. She, yeah. Now, it didn't last for the whole movie. No, it didn't. But the I think a lot but, of it was like the fish and the water yeah, and the, she the, the was colors. Enamored yeah. With and all this the movie. animals and everything. Yeah. yeah, she was. And it's it was it was hilarious cuz her yeah. chair was right beside of her, but she yeah. didn't make it that far. <laughs> she passed four chairs. Yeah, and sat on, on the, the floor, floor. <laughs> to watch this movie. But it just it's it gives you different perspective, you know, cuz mm-hmm. it's easy to get burned out watching, you know, I want to watch this again. I want to watch it. It's easy as an adult to get burned out watching these movies. Over and over and and over. And we hope by, if you, you know, by you listening to this, this podcast of us talking about this something else to think about. It gives you something else to think of for it. Even like I said, even if you're not into Dungeons and Dragons, maybe try it out right now. We're recording this during the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. What else do you have to do? (laughs) Well, even then, you know, you've got the movies to watch over and Mm -hmm. over again. Yeah. Maybe you've never been into tabletop role playing games or Dungeons and Dragons, but now, now's the time to try it. I mean, yeah. Wizards of the Coast, who creates the, or who has the games rights now and all that kind of stuff through Hasbro, they're releasing stuff for free every day. Yeah, there's a great website called dndbeyond.com who work with Wizards of the Coast. They release everything for free. You can start this game completely for free without spending one dime. Exactly. To get started playing it. I mean, online dice, Wizards of the Coast has an online dice roll. You can download free apps on your phone mm-hmm. for dice. It, it's a great way to get into it. It's something new to do. And even if you didn't think you would be interested in it, it can't hurt to try. And you don't have to be in, be a half work warrior and go run around and like, you know, beheading things. You can do other things. Right. And, Although and that part's fun. <laughs> I mean, there are versions of this game for kids mm-hmm. as well. Exactly. So, you know, our four year old, plays a version of this mm-hmm. a very very slim down modified we've tried uh, a couple different ones amazing tales and hero kids yeah and she did really well like hero kids was awesome she loved it mm-hmm. yeah, she, she asked really to play did. again tonight but it was already bedtime yeah but that and that was actually really cool because that one because it's set up for kids they had to chase off some rats or whatever right. and they knocked out the rats they didn't Correct. kill the rats they scared off the rats you know like it's not it, you know, it's geared toward kids. So it may be one of those things you've never thought about it before. Watch The Little Mermaid with your kids. Watch whatever Disney movie they like with the with your kids. Yeah. 
look at it and like, how can, okay, my kid loves this movie, Frozen, yeah. Princess Frog. How can well, she be the hero? How, exactly. How can she be yeah. the hero of the story? Or he the hero, I guess. Dungeons and Dragons is a storytelling game. Yep. It has rules and mechanics to go with it, but it's all about creating a story. Mm-hmm. And you tell you, if you tell your kids stories at night, you're three steps in, you know, ten, you're, you're on your path to being a dungeon master and doing this stuff oh, anyway. Yeah. It's just telling a story. It's telling a story. It's having fun together as a group, as a family. Mm-hmm. And um, you can check out our website at geekingcountry.com. And we're, we're going to continue doing posts talking about introducing this to your family. Exactly. To your friends, to your family. And this is a great time to do it. Mm-hmm. When everybody's at home, there's online methods. We'll provide links to and we'll provide links in the notes here to D&D Beyond. And their free stuff that you can look at through there and you can start this game for free. You can mm-hmm. start trying this stuff for free even if you're not interested in it. Well, it's one yeah. of the things that we talked about is you don't really know a person until you have them roll a D&D character and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like you referenced earlier the Fae Adventures that we're playing yeah. and every time we've played it, every time you've created a character and every time we've played this, you've done something that's completely thrown me for a loop every time. <laughs> and it's it's fun. It's yeah. You know, well, then the, I really love the fact that, you know, your brother-in-law decided he wanted to be an... Aarakocra rogue. Rogue. <laughs> yeah. And he just, he flies around and shoots stuff with his bow the whole time. And it's like, wait, did you Hilarious. really want to be a rogue? What are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. And you would not have, I, like, yeah, I, I, mean, I would not have pictured that in a million years. Yeah, that's something we're going to definitely uh, address on the website at some point is trying to get your friends and family into playing because we... Well, you and I are fairly geeky people, hence geekycountry.com, D20 mm-hmm. Date Night, and our, our thing we're doing here. Where we've talked for however uh, long 45 about... 45 minutes at that point. Dungeons and Dragons. And The Little Mermaid. And The Little Mermaid. So, but, you know. Yes, we're we've geeks. Got, we've we got own a, it. We've got another game going um, with my mom, my sister, and their significant others mm-hmm. uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons. Now, my mom plays World of Warcraft. She's kind of a nerdy like yeah. that, too. It's probably where I get my geekiness from. Yeah. But the rest of them, not at all. Yeah. And I it mean, was a really a conversation of... Brother-in-law is an IT guy. Oh, my God. Does not yes. cross me as a geeky kind of guy. But mm-hmm. they are, I mean, we played over Google Hangouts yeah, during the this other, stuff the other day. Yeah. They all signed into Google Hangouts to roll dice and play, and a, game. play a game. And we got to kill a bunch of... Uh, orcs. Uh, orcs, that's right. A bunch of orcs. Yeah, uh, and, and which is... We're playing through the Lost Minds of Fandelver campaign, which is actually free right now on D&D Beyond and through Wizards of the Coast. So you can actually go into dndbeyond.com and download that and play it. Mm-hmm. And it's everything. It's a basic rule set. Start out. It's characters created. It's ready to play. Yeah, and it walks you through how everything. to do it. Everything. It, it, is, it yeah. is the it's the beginner set. It's, mm-hmm. what it's, it's what it was. It was the original beginner set that came out in like 2015, I think. So, well, 2014, 2015 range. It was the characters were already created for you. This is how you play this game. So, and, but anyway, just... Yeah, so... We will, I said, link D&D Beyond in the show notes. Check mm-hmm. us out at geekandcountry.com and tune in for more D20 date night when we continue to dive into kids' movies and how they can tie into Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Geek and Country's D20 date night discussions. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can check us out on our website, geekandcountry.com. Please share and subscribe for more content. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. The links are in the description.